Ahoy, Buck fans! Are ye looking for a different kind of podcast that centers on the yellow-bellied opponents? Well, you've come to the right place. Get ready for an enjoyable, in-depth look back at the important moments, historical facts, and games for the Buccaneers against this week's opposition. It's the No Quarter Given podcast on the BuckPower.com podcast network. Now, let's get started with your co-hosts, Jason Powers and Peter Blake. All right, Buck fans, welcome to our week number nine edition of the No Quarter Given podcast. I'm your host, Jason, Peter Blake, another losing edition, a Thursday night Amazon losing edition of the podcast that we're going to I feel get like a you. loser. Every time I get on here, you always say a winning edition. Now it's been losing <laughs> editions for three straight games. I mean, can we, can we snap out of this? Um, Five out of six. Oh my gosh. I mean, bucks go down 27, 22 at home Thursday night. We're going to break down the uh, ins and outs of the, uh, of the, of the, of the game. Paul Stewart will be aboard here in about the midway point of the podcast to give you our, uh, Rams historical montage that the Rams are the next opponent. And then we'll give you a little Rams preview there at the end. But podcast is presented by Beefo Brady's in Tampa over on the corner of Bush Boulevard and Himes Avenue. Peter and I were at Beefo Brady's last Thursday night for a little pregame, a little halftime episode. Had a good time over there, had a decent crowd over there. So we had a good time. Peter had us out on the deck in the mosquitoes, but he give, give all credit to Peter. Did a good, great job with the setup. And uh, hopefully, Buck fans, you got to watch a little bit of our pregame and halftime show where we talked about the game and all. All right, Peter, give me your just your opening thoughts on 27-22 loss against Baltimore. I mean, uh, you dominate the first quarter. You finally score a touchdown. That's amazing because they're the only team in the National Football League that hasn't scored a touchdown. And then basically after that, you kind of said, you know what, we're just going to kind of go home or we're going to call it a night. Uh, we're going to let the Ravens run rough shot all over us over 200 rushing yards. The offense, once again, can't score. Uh, Tom Brady seems like he's off. The line was a little bit better, if you will. Uh, and then on top of it, the running game non-existent, but the most disappointing aspect of it, not only your defense giving up over 200 of rushing yards, but also you lose Shaq Barrett for the year. Yeah, you lose Shaq Barrett. Obviously, the Buccaneers were a little depleted in the secondary. No Winfield, no Carlton Davis. That showed its ugly head there late in the game. I think they depth-wise, it was it was a struggle. You saw the Bucs wilt. I mean, I hate to say it. They physically wilted in the second half. But what was weird was Baltimore came out and threw it 30 times in the first half, 30 attempts. In the second half, it was almost complete reversal. They probably ran it 30 times in the second half, and you really saw – the Bucks struggling late in the third quarter, fourth quarter with the running game, and like they were fatigued. And you're right, part of it's the offense not being able to stay on the field, sustain drives. Two, again, you had some secondary depths. And three, just the Buccaneer defense is just getting run on way too much. Yeah, guys just trying to play hero ball, not being in their run gaps, not you know having their run fits at the end of the day. Uh, Devin White, supposedly a leader or captain of this team, not showing up, lack of effort, Levante David. I mean, the list goes on and on. It's not like, you know, this defense doesn't have talent. They have all the talent in the world, and yet you go out every week, and I get it, your offense is not able to have consistent drives to your three and outs, so where is that your defense? 
but your defense has to make some plays. They have to cause turnovers. They have to stop the run game. And we knew the challenge coming in, Jason Powers, that this Ravens team was going to run the ball. Lamar Jackson is not going to beat you with his arm. He's going to beat you with his legs. The Ravens are going to beat you with the running game, and they did last Thursday night. And the, and the interesting part was first half, the Bucks were pretty good in the, in the, in the pass rush. He didn't get loose in the first half. I think he had two or three sacks in the first half of Lamar. You know, the Ravens went for it when they probably should have kicked a field goal yep. late deep in Buccaneer territory. So the Bucs get out of the half. They're up 10-3 at the half. You know, many Buck fans probably think we probably should have been up 14 or 17. You know, probably left some points on the field, but the Buccaneers had to lead at the half. Yeah, they had to lead at the half. And, and once again, you left points on the board because you can't score in the red zone for some reason. You break down, you have critical penalties. Donovan Smith, I'm talking to you. You know, later on in the second half, not only had Donovan Smith, but yep. you also had uh, Robert Hansey uh, not able to get off a snap count. I mean, we're talking about week eight, and you're already having these type of penalties still going on. So it doesn't make any sense. It's on coaching. It's on Tom Brady. It's on the defense. It's on the players. And somebody has to step up because you have a must-win game versus the L.A. Rams coming to town on Sunday. You know, Brady missed a wide, I won't say wide, but he was pretty open. Kyle Rudolph on a crossing route in the end zone would have been a sure touchdown. Yeah. You know, he over he overthrew Evans. They ended up scoring, but he overthrew Evans in the back of the end zone. You know, critical, again, penalty on Donovan Smith, which, you know, if he doesn't hold, Brady probably gets sacked, so I can't kill him for that. But point is, just some, un here. it's the untimely penalties. It's, it's not when it's- critical penalties at the critical times. Yes. It's like the self-destruct bucks of the 80s and 90s. I hate to go back there, but how can you explain this? You, you keep on settling for field goals instead of getting touchdowns. What happened to this offense? They were scoring 31, 32 points a game. Yep. This time last year, you're scoring 16 to 20. and ain't going to get it done. And you continue to do the same thing over and over again. And you wonder why you're three and five. No, you're right. Um, I, a little bit more creative in the play calling. I'll give Byron a little bit of credit. The yeah. one thing I would I would question though severely, the one time we see Julio Jones early in that game, we run him on a speed sweep on third and two. I mean, I, no offense to Julio, but you're not the guy I want to be running a speed sweep to third and two. He runs it. They lose yards. They punt. And he walks off the field looking at his knee and grimacing. I, you well, know, he caught a, a touchdown later on. Well, but, last but, time, I mean, but you're exactly right. I mean, it's the play calling, and you've got this personnel, Leonard Fournette. It goes back to two weeks ago. You got a fourth and one. You're running him outside instead of having a Rashard White. It makes no sense at all. It's like elementary coaching, coaching for idiots. And I would even say, even when Julio caught the touchdown late in the game, I didn't like that decision to go. They're down 11. It's fourth and goal from the eight. Kick the field goal. Stay right. in the game. I right. mean, they got they 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 scored. So okay, you, you, they scored. But even on that play, it was a five yard pass, and Julio had to run the last four yards into the end zone. Didn't throw it in the end zone. I didn't like the decision to go for the touchdown there on fourth and goal when you're still in the game down eleven. And is this on Byron Leftwich? Is this on? Well, that's Todd. Well, Le that's Todd Bowles' well, call to go for right. it. Well, I didn't Tom like Bowles that one call, bit. But it's also Tom Brady supposedly running the offense at the end of the day, right? I don't I mean, know if he is running the offense. That's the I don't know if I don't know if he's got as much control as we think he has. Because to me, I don't see a whole lot of the Tom Brady control of this offense. Again, no up tempo. We didn't see an up tempo offense. Maybe that's to help save the defense. I don't know. Maybe they're trying to protect the defense. I don't know, but still haven't seen an up tempo offense 
to get maybe to spark things a little bit in the offensive side of the, uh, the, the, the rhythm. Well, we saw in the first quarter, we saw urgency and we didn't see that the rest of the game. And that's the disappointing aspect. And again, you know, it, it, it's a direct reflection of leadership at the end of the day. And we heard from Todd Bowles uh, in that press conference that everything would be on the table. What kind of changes? We haven't heard anything yet. But well, we you're not going to you're not going to hear about it till later in the week. I don't think right. that I think if you hear something about, you know, personnel changes, that's going to be Thursday, Friday when they start practicing, when the reporters are there, they're going to get they're going to get the tip of, hey, so and so's in the lineup. So and so's not. What do you think of Nick Leverett stepping in for get a key at guard? A lot better. A lot better. I mean, you didn't see a lot of pressure, did you? I mean, uh, most of those sacks uh, that yeah. happened, and there were three sacks. Justin Houston had two of them. Yeah. Were coverage sacks. And I tell you right now, one of those that we talked about in the halftime show was if Brady waits maybe one or two more seconds, he has Chris Godwin on the sideline. Instead, he eats the sack. Right. That's where Brady at this juncture. And physically, I still think he has it. But mentally, it's in the back of his mind where that pressure has gotten to him. That's what you have to worry about because it alleviates those plays that you can make. If you wait one or two more seconds, maybe you have a big play with Chris Godwin. Instead, you have a sack. And, you know, by the way, a dubious record that Tom Brady set, the most sacked quarterback in NFL history. Of course, that's going to come with that because he's played, what, 23 years now. So interesting announcement on Friday, the day after the Thursday night game, leading into a long weekend. Brady announces officially his divorce from Giselle. They make that official. You know, you wonder how much of that, you know, to me, this might be a moment now that he's free of this. It's all public now. We all know it's a finality. Maybe this frees up Tom Brady the last eight, nine weeks of the season that his mind's a little freer than it maybe was. He knows it's over now. It's been announced. It's public. So there's no more being secretive about it. Maybe this frees him up a little bit mentally and plays a little more free. Yeah, he's Tom Brady. I mean, get mad. Where's the psycho Tom at? I want him to yell at offense alignment. I want him to yell at uh, coaches. I want him to yell at wide receivers. Where's that psycho Tom? That's the kind of fire you need right now. And I get it. You know, he's going through a divorce. I mean, it, it seemed like everything happened after the loss. You lose to the Ravens the next day. The divorce is announced. Then Shaq Barrett. I mean, well, what's next? Was it stigmata? I mean, you got everybody on the team that has COVID at this point. I mean, being a Bucs fan right now, uh, it's it's tough to have a Bucks life. So well, hopefully you, you get some good news. You're exactly right. He, he talked about it uh, on his Let's Go podcast tonight, how he's going to focus on his kids and he's going to focus on winning games for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So hopefully he can do that. But I've never been through a divorce before. I don't know how it is, but you're, you're talking about life instead stress. of stress. It's right. got to be stressful. I mean, gotta be stressful. No doubt. You know, no we're doubt. a bunch of bachelors here. We've never been married. We, we're not married to a supermodel. We're, we're doing a podcast, a no quarter given podcast for Buck Power uh, TV.com, Buck Power.com uh, for all your Buccaneer needs. We, we haven't been through that. So, and I can't imagine playing football. Just imagine doing a, a daily job and going through that and, you know, having the possibility of not only losing somebody that you truly love, but also possibly yep. not being able to see your kids as much. So, Definitely tough, and and we'll see how you know Brady's able to navigate through that, and how this team hopefully they come together. Because what we heard after the game was he was beside himself, he was sitting in the locker, he didn't take his home, he, he didn't distraught, take his was distraught, was distraught. Like he's never been through this before. A three game losing streak, you had to go all the way back to twenty years yep. for this to happen. Congratulations to this team for having that. And again, it's on Brady, but it's also 
the players around him. It's the coaching around him. It's got to get better. And hopefully it did. The great thing is you got nine more games still. You're only at the halfway point. The division is still very much in reach. You're one game behind the Falcons. Again, that the winner of this division is probably going to win nine games. I hate to say it, nine or 10 games at most. So you don't have to, if you're the Bucks, forget about being elite as far as the 12 and four, you know, you're not going to be 12 and five. You're probably going to be a 10 and seven, nine and eight kind of team. And this year that that's going to be good enough. Your goal, if you're the Buccaneers, you should incrementally get a little better, stay in the division race. You're going to be the four seed, almost, almost certain you're going to be the four seed in the NFC, which I guess, guess what? We did it before two years ago in 2020. We were a wild card. You're going to get one home game. You can do that. Now, if you're the Buccaneers, you got to clean out all the crap that you've dealt with the last eight weeks. It's a new season. It's a one game. It's a, it's your one game behind the standings. Who gives a damn what your record is right now? The goal is to play better and execute better. Yeah. And win games and, and nothing's going to be easy because we thought, you know, the last two weeks here with the Steelers, yep. the Panthers, those would be easy. You got to play 60 minutes of football. You have the Rams coming up. Then you have to go over the Germany. And then after that, you got a bye week. So you've got to, you know, put all these losses aside. You got to put them in the back of your mind and you got to start playing winning football. And it comes down to the devil in the details. It's all about the details for this team. Yep. They've got to do the little things. They got to do the big things. Uh, and they got to get it right. And they got to get it right quick because you've got a Rams team that is also struggling. That is giving the Bucks everything they can handle. I don't have to talk about how much I despise the LA Rams and their. Hold history. on, hold, hold your venom. We're going to get to the Rams in a little bit. Yeah, hold on. Yeah. yeah. Here's another couple more comments on on the on the Raven game, and then we'll, and then we'll get to Paul Stewart sure. in the montage. Yeah. I want to see what Todd, you know Todd Bowles said changes. You've had a, you've had a long basically a mini buy. With your coaching staff, I guarantee you they were probably there most of the weekend. I want to see from X's and O's perspective, whether it's offensively, defensively, and in the kicking game, because we had another kicking another kicking issue with, with the return issue. I want to see some changes. Again, does it have to be wholesale? No, but I want to see some schematic changes. Maybe this makes the Buccaneers more of a blitzing team with no Shaq Barrett now, knowing you need to generate pressure. Maybe this turns the Todd Bowles loose. He's known as a blitzer. Maybe this unleashes some of the thought and creative minds in his mind to, hey, let's let's go. Let's blitz. We're going to be aggressive. Let's get blitzing and let's get going. Maybe you get some healthy guys back. Maybe Davis is back this week. Winfield should be back this week. We need Akeem Hicks back. He's got to be pretty close. So, uh, obviously, you lose Shaq Barrett. I get it. Devin White, Warren Sapp, very critical of Devin White over the weekend with his lack of effort. And you saw many different glimpses in that game where the effort was not great out of Devin White. Look bored. I mean, he talked about it a couple of weeks ago. I was bored. The defense is bored. He looks like that. And it's a bad optic when he's saying that. And then you see it on film. And then you have a defense that's basically gouged for over 200 rushing yards, it's not going to get it done. If your staple of your defense is to stop the running game and you're letting teams run all over you for over 150 yards a game, uh, again, that defense is a shadow of itself from the Super Bowl year. So whether you have Akeem Hicks or you don't, whether you have Shaq Beard or you don't, you have to get it done somehow, and it comes down to doing your job. It's just that simple, Jason Powers. And, and one good thing I did like seeing out of Todd Bowles, you saw him scold Devin White a couple times coming off the field. He wasn't, I mean, he, he, yet, he lit into Devin White a couple times when Devin came off the field after a couple of those long drives. And, you know, 
Bowles is a prideful defensive coordinator. He's sure. not going to allow these guys just to half-ass it. You know, and I, and I, I applaud Todd Bowles for that because I – that was good to see on TV that Todd Bowles lit into some of those guys on defense. Yeah, he needs to light into them. And, and does this seem like a guy that wants to make $100 million? Because all we've heard from Devin White ever since he's came out of college, he wants to be the first $100 million linebacker. He's not playing like it. Nope. He's up for free agency. And the way well, he's he- not up, he's not up. He, 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 can, he, the, he can play out his fifth year option. Fifth year, year option. Well, that's so, what I mean, the, the Bucks yeah. will pick that up for sure. But right. if I'm the Bucks. I'm not giving them an extension based on this play this year. Oh. I'm making them play it out next year, kind of like what the Bears did to Roquan Smith, who they've just now shipped to the Baltimore Ravens, who I think that's a great move for the Ravens. They're not going to do that, but I think you got to make – Devin White plays better when he's hungry, when there's yeah. the hunger of what's out there. Well, if you're the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, why not try to dive into that trading market, right? I mean, because the trading deadline is on Tuesday – you have an opportunity. You may have to give up the future, but the future is no, now. Right? I, I, I'm, no, I'm not. Se- I'm not selling the farm. I'm not giving up first round, second round draft picks for a, a rental player. Now, if it's a young impact player, maybe, but I'm not giving up. Bradley, you know, Chubb. I, I don't know. There ain't a lot of guys out there to help the Buccaneers. I mean, honest, let's be truthful. There's you not give a lot. Up a first round pick for Bradley Chubb. What you, you see for JTS? But you got to sign. But you got to sign Bradley Chubb too. He's a free agent. Well, I'm, I'm not, not giving Bradley Chubb. I'm not giving up a number one unless I have a deal. Unless I have a long term deal in place for Bradley Chubb. Now I would do guy. it if you had if you had a long term deal. Right. I would do it because again, this could be the end of Shaq Barrett as a Buccaneer. Well, it could be in the end of Shaq Barrett because he has a big time contract. But on top of it, you see Levante David. He's getting up there in age. This I mean, will probably not- be. Yeah. Right. Why right? Why not kick the tires on a Roquan Smith? I mean, if you only have to give up a second or a fifth round, I get it. The contract value, but he's still young. He can play. He leads the NFL in tackles. I cannot believe the Bears only got a second or a fifth. Could you imagine Roquan Smith on this team? And for me, my thought process is because White is so terrible when it comes to coverage and just freelancing. Why not make White a pass rushing specialist, if you will, nah, and he, linebacker that's, that's not his thing. Roquan Smith to the middle? I'm just saying, I mean, I'm suggesting things because at the end of the day, it's not working. We're still talking about Devin White to this day, not able to cover, not able to tackle consistently out of place. There's a problem with that. That guy is not consistent. He has to get better if he wants to be, you know, upper echelon, if you will, if he wants to make a hundred million dollars. He ain't making, he ain't ain't nobody paying Devin White a hundred million dollars right now. He's the captain of your team. I you agree that more progression than this. We're talking I, about the same type of things we've talked about the last couple of years. What captains do, like. captains don't always play great. Again, we're not asking you to play great every single game. But what captains do is don't show the lack of effort that he's showing. That, Can that you is imagine clear. Eric Brooks showing that lack of effort? And I know he was tired. And I, I'm, I'll right. give him that he was gassed in the fourth quarter. I get it. But there were some plays earlier in that game where the effort level was just not great. He was just getting destroyed by offensive linemen, pushed back 10, 12, 14 yards into the backfield in the secondary on a run. That's the kind of stuff you have to have better of. And again, I'm not blaming it all on him. Vita Vea has got to play better too. I've not seen Vita Vea much in in the stat sheeter, you know, one sack, whoop-de-doo. I need to see Vita Vea shut down the middle in that running game. And I tell you right now, what we've learned, Ndamukong Sue is a major part of this yep. run defense yep. and a major part of this defensive line and a major part of this locker room because yep. at the end of the day, 
you don't have that accountability, I don't think, in these first eight games. And the reason why I say that is because if you saw Devin White loafing around, do you think Ndamukong Sue would stand for that? Do you think Gronk would stand for that? I mean, that's the type of leadership you're missing off of this team. And we kind of said, well, you know, Hakeem Hicks, you know, younger guy, if he could stay healthy, he's an upgrade. He's not. He hasn't been able to stay healthy. Yeah, right. he's younger, but he's not on the field at this point, and it's hurting this team. You don't have a tight end. You have Kate Auden showing flashes of brilliance. Kyle Rudolph has been a man on a milk carton. Of course, Tom missed him for a touchdown. That was Tom's fault, but he's been disappointing. So we talked about it, and it's the shuffling yep. of the offensive line. But at the end of the day, it's about accountability. And we talk about it. Warren Sapp was ripping into him. And Warren Sapp's day, if Derek Brooks ever did that, you would see Sapp on Brooks, Brooks on Sapp. Yep. You would see Lynch. You would have Barber. Leadership in that locker room also has to step up. I promise you it was a very direct meeting, on whether it was Friday or today that they looked. I'm sure they probably looked at the film, whether it was very direct I'm with Todd Bowles in that defense. There was probably no punches pulled. They, I guarantee you the, the lack of effort plays by whoever on defense was pointed out. That I can promise you, you know, because we've not seen that kind of lack of effort through from a Buccaneer defense in quite a while with, with this group of guys. And the most disappointing aspect is Todd Bowles is a defensive-minded coach. You know yep. that he takes pride in this defense, and with his defense suffering the way it is, you almost feel like he's going to pull Lovey Smith and say, you know what, I'm going to start calling, I'm going to start making the calls again. Not that we know if he's making them or not, but maybe he's not. He maybe he takes he control of it. That and may the be mind, the changes. The mindset of him compared to B.A. B.A. is an offensive-minded coach. He's aggressive. Todd Bowles is conservative. He's defensive. He wants to win games close. It's not going to work with this team if you're giving up yards on the ground. It's not going to work with this team if you're not getting turnovers uh, in the defensive ball game. And it's not going to work with this team if you continue to suffer in the red zone. So, again, it goes back to coaching for me, and it's all about philosophy. And I'm telling you right now, if B.A.'s in that building, and I'm the Glazers, I'm going to ask B.A., hey, can you be more than a consultant at this yeah. point because the guys are letting us down? I'm sorry. I, 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 if this is unfinished business and this is the last hurrah of Tom Brady, you got to go through drastic measures. you got to go through some drastic changes. And yeah. if it means swallowing your pride and saying, look, Tom Brady, you're going to have to we need help. PA. We need we help. work together. We got to make this happen. We made it happen before. Let's make it happen again. Yeah. If that's what you got to do and you got to hurt people's feelings, so be it. Right. No, you're right. I, there, there's some truth to that. There's some, there's again, I guarantee this was a very hard weekend at one buck place for the coaching staff in that front office, making some really doing some personal looking in the mirror and being as open as I guarantee you there was some open dialogue amongst that coaching staff and Jason light about guys, performance, playing time. Maybe you see Rashad white, get more snaps than Leonard Fournette in the next. We saw what happened in Dallas, a, a, a burst of energy with Tony Pollard. Even though Zeke was hurt, Tony Pollard showed the young legs made, made a big difference in, in Dallas. And maybe it, Maybe you give Rashad White a little more of the a more, a little more of the action earlier in the game than you do Leonard Fournette for you know, and maybe you have Lenny be the third down guy, the pass protection guy. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I tell you right now, you can't do any worse than White at this point because he gives you, you got that. nobody else. That's yeah. who you got. Yeah, Leonard Fournette. That's who you got. And, and you know, two yards in a cloud of dust at the end of the day. He's not That's getting it done. And you have one of the worst rushing attacks in the National Football League. I uh oh, no we got Peter's. 
Peter's uh, girls are running uh, running loose. I'm, I'm telling you, I've got I've got, got Miss Elizabeth here. running wild back there. Yeah. They're, look, absolutely. Oh yeah. Uh, Miss Elizabeth and uh and uh, Medusa, and we have uh, uh baby doll with the nature boy back in the day and the four horsemen. I'm telling you, I got company right now. I'm doing this podcast as we speak, and they're looking at me like I'm a crazy man because I'm on fire tonight. It's been hard. For yes. people like myself and you, we're Bucks fans, but we're also sports broadcasters, and we have to do our shows, and we basically have to be honest down. We have to calm them down because they're ready to jump off the Skyway Bridge, and we have to be honest. This team is three and five. They're nope. not the team we thought they were. Nope. Uh, they're playing like a team. There's that, still time, though. There's right? still, time. still time. The beautiful yeah. thing is there's time, and we're in a bad division this year. Luck, yes. what, call it luck, call it whatever you want to call it. If we were in an, if we were in the NFC East, we'd be in big trouble. But we're oh, not. Yeah. We're in right. the NFC South, and this is this is this is the time to take advantage of it. You've not played very well for eight weeks. You're in a bad division. Now's your time to reset and take advantage of not being in a very good division, and and to really put your foot down and go forward. All right, we're gonna come back with the Rams preview in just a few minutes. First off, Paul Stewart, BuckPower.com, is gonna do his montage. On the Tampa Bay Bucks and the Rams rival, we had some classic matchups back in the 70s and 80s with the Rams, playoff matchups, Monday night thrillers with the Rams in the early 2000s, obviously the playoff last year with the dramatic finish in the, in the divisional round. Paul's going to review all the Rams history with you, the Buck fans, on his weekly montage. Remember, you can go to Buck Power TV on YouTube and see all of his video montages from all weeks that we've already discussed, from week one all the way through now in the L.A. Rams. So we'll be back in just a couple minutes. Paul Stewart, BuckPower.com, Buck Power TV YouTube channel, Bucks Rams montage. We'll be back in just a few minutes. The Bucks and Rams have met 25 times in the regular season, as well as three in the postseason. And the biggest rivalry really came about around the time of the millennium, and it went back to the 1999 NFC title game, the greatest show on turf against the amazing Buccaneer defence. Now, of course, it was a combination of Ricky Prohl and Bernie Manuel that put an end to the chances of the Buccaneers winning the Super Bowl. But ABC Television decided they wanted the rematch on Monday night in 2000, and it turned out to not just be one of the greatest games the Buccaneers have played, but one of the greatest ever seen in the NFL. Of the third quarter with Sean King on first and 10 from the 48-yard line. And a swing toss out to Dunn. And Dunn, wow, takes it inside the 20, stays in bounds and goes all the way for a touchdown. They swing it out, and this time Dunn on a, on a play similar, oh. and then he laterals it back to King, and King Are you kidding me? is going to get the first down and get it to the 50-yard line, and then he's whacked out of bounds, oh. and flags come in all over the place. Second down and goal. Inside the two. Amazing. The first time the Bucks and the Rams met in Tampa was in September 1979. It was the game that led to Sports Illustrated putting the Bucks on the cover with the famous headline, Unbeaten, Untied, Unbelievable. Now, this was a game we featured on the first BuckPower.com podcast when Dennis Crawford and I were joined by running back tough Tony Davis 
to reminisce about this great encounter. Morris Owens in a slot left inside Larry Mucker. Williams getting some heat, throwing Mucker, touchdown! Williams showed the power and strength of his arm right there. Johnny Davis, a blocking back, is in there and staying in to block. And Williams going for the end zone. He's got Giles. The tight end for the touchdown. Yes, that was the late, great Vince Scully on the call. He did three Buccaneer games in his time for CBS. The Bucs would win that game 21-6. And, of course, they would meet again in the NFC Championship game, the Rams coming out winners 9-0 when Doug Williams went out injured. Now, once again, there was a rematch the following year, and it was ABC bringing the Monday night crew to Tampa on a Thursday night. They put together a special broadcast in week two, and Doug Williams took the Buccaneers on his back to victory. He's clutching, got to read it. Williams, Jack Youngblood misses. And Williams is close to the goal line. What? Family to get it. You talk about second effort. What a play by Williams. We told you he was strong, and he just willed himself down to the one-inch line. First and goal. He did yes, it. You knew it. He did it. He did it. He did it. You knew it would be a quarterback sneak. 1992 saw a really heartbreaking loss as the Bucks led 27-3 at half-time on a Sunday night televised game before they gave up four second-half touchdowns to lose. TJ Armstrong had an 81-yard scoring section from Vinny Testaverde. And you can actually blame me for this loss because I woke up at 2.30 in the morning to listen to the game on Armed Forces Radio. I only caught the second half. Have you ever heard of Charles Wilson? Not surprising if you haven't, because he did not do that much in his two-year Buccaneer career, but he had one memorable game against the Rams in 1994. Four catches for 176 yards and two touchdowns. Now, the Bucs parlayed this great performance in a trade with the Jets the following August for a fourth-round draft pick that became offensive line starter Jason Oden. The Bucs and the Rams would meet on three straight Monday night encounters as ABC tried to really push the rivalry. The 2002 game, that lived up to the billing, and it saw Derek Brooks score an interception return right at the end, with Warren Sapp completely destroying Kurt Warner on the return. Third down and seven from the 34-yard line. Warner throws, intercepted, and this is going to wrap it up. It is Brooks, two weeks in a row, and interception for a touchdown. 2015 was a disgusting colour rush game when the Bucks were all red and the Rams were all yellow, a game I described as the Condiment Bowl. I am not showing any highlights of that game as I've tried so hard to expunge all memories of it. But the Bucks did play the Rams in 2019, a game that turned out to be the highest scoring in Buccaneer history. And Damakasu got the winning score and the Bucks went over 50 points for the first time in their history. Blitz falls out. Buccaneers are going to win this game. And Dominican Sue, a former Ram, is in the end zone to seal it for Tampa Bay. The Bucs lost twice to the Rams last season. A week three game. And then, of course, in the playoffs when Matt Gay kicked the winning field goal after the Bucs had roared back from a 27-3 deficit. Even I really thought when Leonard Fournette scored that the most amazing comeback in playoff history was on the cards. 
We'll uh, not count that Houston Buffalo game at this point. This is a Bucks podcast. So basically, this weekend, the Bucks owe the Rams. They've beaten us all too many times in big games. And you can look back at all the previous encounters between the two teams, as well as everything else to do with the history of the Buccaneers on BuckPower.com. Every player, every game, everything Bucks. All right, Buck fans, welcome back. No Quarter Given Podcast. I'm Jason along with Peter Blake. We're breaking down. We broke down Baltimore, the, the loss to go to three and five. You heard, you just heard Paul Stewart's great montage of the Bucks Rams history. Now we're on to present day, Sunday, 425. It's a CBS flex game, not Fox, CBS. So I think we're going to have probably have Romo and Nance in the building. Mm. Your boy Jason will be in the building up in the press box. I'm going to be working for Rams radio, helping out the Rams about? radio are, broadcast. Are you trying to sabotage them? I mean, is this the plan? Because this is a great plan if you're trying I mean, to do this. I mean, I'm going to be working with your boy Mar- Maurice Jones-Drew and oh. JB Long on the Rams radio broadcast, helping them in the booth. I'm going to go probably try to shake hands with Romo and Nance during the uh, the food line. Listen I'm to keep, you. Listen keep, to you, Superstar. <laughs> I'm going to keep J.P. Peterson away from the uh, the prime rib, Ira away from the macaroni and cheese and the cookies. <laughs> you got lots of jobs to do, my friend. You're selling hot dogs out in the parking lot, too, That's aren't right, you? Man. I'm going to change oh, the mojo. I'm going to enter the building. Please. That's going to change the mojo for Sunday afternoon. Get me over there so I can come with you and change the mojo on that. Oh, my gosh. We need to get over there. I mean. Together. Tag team I, partners of the world. I hear you. If I can get another pass, I would. I'm, 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 I've actually efforted. So I've, I've put a request in with the Rams with the Rams team. So we'll see what happens. If, if I can get All an right. extra pass, you're the guy. You, you'll be the first call I make. All right, sounds good. We'll try to curse the Rams together. All right, let's talk Bucks Rams. Yes. The Rams coming in struggling just as much as we are. Who would have thought three months ago, going into week nine, that the loser of Bucks Rams would be three and six in the NFC? Wow. Not me. Not me. I mean, but it comes back to offensive line, right? Um, and they lose uh Whitworth to uh, Amazon Prime, and we didn't know how big of a, a loss that was. That's a big-time loss. Of course, they lose. Their offensive one. line is terrible. It's terrible. It's absolutely awful. I don't know what's worse of an offensive line. It's probably the Rams over the yes. Bucks at this juncture with all the moves the Bucks have made. So Stafford, not the same player he was last year because he's feeling pressure. Maybe it's age. On top of it, Cooper Cup seems like he's a little bit banged up, but we all know as Bucks fans out there, Cup is a buck killer. So we'll see if he gets his or not. And then the other player on that team that's been disappointing, Allen Robinson, yes. and they don't have a running game. In fact, this is a matchup of two of the worst yes. teams in the National Football League when it comes to running the ball. So kids, if you like passing the ball, this would be the game to watch on Sunday. And again, this is where, again, if you're the Buccaneers, you have to exploit this offensive line issue for the Rams. Yep. They should not be able to run the ball on us. Their running back situations in disarray. Cam Akers not in the mix anymore. Daryl Henderson, eh? They're they're using another guy, Rivers. Their running game is terrible because their offensive line plays bad. Don't stop be peeking at the girls over there. I see a. I, I I'm see telling a, you, they're trying to distract me. They're doing it on purpose. <laughs> it's so funny. It is so funny. They try to do this when I'm when I'm. What a okay. Did you hand uh, out candy? Did you, we're recording this on Halloween night. Do you have a? Do you have some people coming over for Halloween? Do you hand out the candy to the kids? Um, I'm, I'm handing out candy. I'm handing out Wi-Fi passwords and everything else. So <laughs> you guys are gonna have to wait a moment. All right, I'm doing my thing. Stand by. All right, 
Yes. The bu- offensively for the Bucks, the Rams, for whatever reason, Raheem Morris and company have given the Bucks all kind of problems defensively. They've whether it's they knowing the route combinations, they have just done a really good job defending the Buccaneers. Obviously, the Bucks were down 27-3 last year in the playoff game. We got manhandled in the regular season by the Rams defense. What about Raheem Morris? And you know, obviously you got Aaron Donald. But you got to control Aaron Donald because he's going to be trying to go after Leverett and Shaq Mason and, and Hainsey in, in that guard center guard combination. You got to let you can't let Aaron Donald wreck the game on defense. Yeah, and that's the biggest matchup for me, especially with this offensive line struggles, especially the interior offensive line versus Aaron Donald. Uh, if you can slow him down, then I think you definitely got a chance. But also, you go to the other level, Jalen Ramsey yep. versus Mike Evans. Evans burning him on a touchdown last year, but he's definitely given uh, this buck wide receiving core. So can you see Chris Godwin step up this week? He looks like he's getting healthy. He's not fully hundred percent. I don't think he's going to be for the whole year. Maybe next year he'll be. Those are the type of guys that have to step up. Who's your third wide receiver. Will it be Julio? Will be Scotty Miller. They re-signed Tyler Johnson. Yes. I was going to mention that. Practice squad. Is he going to, is he a guy that's going to come in? Brashard Perryman. Is he guys going to step out? So we'll see gauge. I don't know if he's healthy or not. So they got some problems there. The Rams still have some talent and their starts, of course, with Aaron Donald and of course, Jalen Ramsey and that secondary. And here's the interesting thing about these next two weeks. If you're the Buccaneers Rams, Seahawks, their NFC games, tiebreaker kind of games when it comes to, if, if the Bucs happen to not win a division and there may be a nine and eight wild card possibility, these two games are huge from one, a divisional perspective to get back in the division race. But if you're not in the division race, these are the tiebreaker kind of games where if you and the Rams or you and the Seahawks end up with the same record, the tiebreaker, the first tiebreakers head to head. So NFC games are critical here these next two weeks. And who would have thought not only the, the, the Seahawks would actually be a better matchup than the Rams, but still I'm not taking the Rams for granted. We no. already did that and found out. They need a win as bad as the Bucs need a win. This is a must-win game for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They have to win it, and they've had nothing but trouble versus this L.A. Rams team. So let's see if they can exercise it. Not only this losing streak, but kind of what they did earlier on in the year versus the Saints. They were never able to beat the Saints. They beat the Saints in the regular season. Let's see if they can do it to the Rams. You had a mini buy, so you should be as healthy and not healthy, as fresh as you're going to be. Ten days off to this game. You, there should be no issues about fatigue, conditioning, long grind. You basically had a mini bye week. You're probably, like I said, you were going to get probably in Winfield for sure. Hope probably Carlton Davis, hopefully Akeem Hicks back offensively. You know, you got Leverett in there. I think you'll see more Leverett in there. Even I don't who know. We don't know what Gedeke's status is, but I think you'll see more Leverett. Will we see more Rashad White? Will we see a Tyler Johnson get reacclimated into the wide receiver room? I think I almost think they're they're almost done with Julio. Hate to say it, I just don't know if Julio can get on the field. Where Tyler Johnson, if you remember, he's caught some big balls from Brady. Sure, in, in his career, he's, he's had some flashes where he's been a guy who can be a reliable number three, number four receiver. You saw some glimpses out of Jalen Darden last week. A couple good returns. Maybe you get a good return in the in the kicking game. Because again, you got to find ways to generate field position and offense. And maybe it's the kicking game returns maybe it's a run again we've not seen trick plays run a trick play run a fake punt do something 
yes. to get the spirit of the sideline going again. Yeah, not running into round to Julio Jones, and you yes. may be right. And I've kind of talked about this and alluded to it over and over again. And talk is that OBJ will be ready by possibly December or mid December. Um, but it might so be we'll, too late. That right. may be too late. Well, I tell you right now, if he's interested in coming to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Buccaneers can somehow pull off some of these victories and get him right into this offense, I think it makes him that much better. And that's why I believe it will happen because Julio Jones is not healthy. I'm not sure if he's going to be healthy for the full year. And on top of it, you need a guy that is more dependable than a Tyler Johnson. And what's the reason why you go after Julio Jones and a gauge in the first place? Because Tyler Johnson wasn't dependable enough. Right. So you're, you're going back to that because of injury. I don't necessarily think that's the greatest thing to do, but at this, at the end of the day, that's what you got to do because of the injury situation. And again, with the trade deadline on Tuesday, are the bucks active? Do they make a move? We're recording this before the end of the deadline. So we won't know. Uh, obviously you won't, when you're hearing this, we won't know if they've made a move or not. I could see the bucks making a minor move third, fourth round draft pick kind of compensation. Sure. I don't think they're going to sell the farm for somebody. Unless, uh, you know, the, the, the couple names you're hearing, Bradley Chubb might be out there, some wide receiver, maybe a Clay, Chase Claypool. Maybe does a guy like that help you? Do you, do you give him a second-round pick for a Chase Claypool Absolutely. to come in to be a third receiver? Absolutely. To be the third guy. Why um, not? What about a Braden Cooks from the Texans? I mean, highly productive yeah. wide receiver for some speed. reason. Speed. He's a speedster. Can still don't run. have that on this team besides right. Scotty Miller. So, And he's also familiar with Brady because he's played with Brady before. Yep. Highly productive wide receiver gives you a thousand yards every year can take the top off the defense yep. to give up a second or a third round pick. I think you do, do that. Do it. I think they would do that. I think the Buccaneers would do that. Um, mm. Again, it'd be very interesting to see what happens. The Rams are being talked about to make some moves. Don't be surprised. Kareem Hunt's names out there, maybe mm. to the Rams. Wow. Um, potentially at Brandon Cooks has even been linked to the Rams as well. Maybe that tells you OBJ is not quite as close as we think he is because OBJ talked with the Bucks, Rams, Packers potentially, but maybe OBJ is not as close as we think he is to being ready to go. All right, give me a score prediction. 2013 Tampa Bay. Okay, I think I think the Bucks. I think with the freedom that Tom Brady is going to have mentally, it's over. We all know about it. It's public. It's over, I think baby. that's going to. I think that's going to free him up a little bit to be a little looser, a little happier. I think the Bucks will come out and play well. I'm with you. I think 24, 24, 17, 27, 20, 21 kind of game. I think that's where, you, where you're going to see us going. Peter Blake, tell everybody where they can find all your great work. Yeah, Mondays and Wednesday nights live on I Love St. Pete, The Hub, and Amped Up Sports on Facebook, or, of course, the Sports Web on YouTube. It's the evolution of sports talk television. We say three things, and I can go ahead and scream it loud because I'm in my new car. Tell your girls to pipe down for just another couple hey, minutes. Hey, be quiet over there. Bring your passion, bring your excitement. Just don't bring any nonsense. I'm your host, Peter Blake, giving you something to think about. There you go. Great, yeah, great work, Peter. Again, find our podcast, No Quarter Given, all the podcast platforms. You can find my no, uh, Florida Football Insiders. We talk all things college football, state of Florida, as well as Powers on Sports Podcast. We're going to have TJ Reeves on the Powers on Sports Podcast this week, Buccaneer sideline reporter, talking about all things NFL. We're going to get into the Bucks a little bit for a little midseason report. So check that out. That'll be coming out probably Wednesday night. Florida Football Insiders will come out Thursday. YouTube channel, Jason Powers Sports Channel. 
and Peter Blake, can we get off of this five out of six losing streak podcast streak? Yes. Can they you know, show up? Can they can they not be a ghost this time when it comes to Halloween? I mean, hopefully the Bucks costume isn't a ghost. Hopefully that defense isn't a ghost. We need to exercise the demons, if you will, of the LA Rams. Let's do it on Sunday, my friend. And I'll try to smuggle out a couple cookies and a rice krispie treat from the from the spread upstairs. Yes, the bananas <laughs> foster at halftime is not a bananas guy, not for me. No. All right. We got to go. We're running out of time here. All right. All right, Buck fans. We'll see you next time. Thanks for finding us. No quarter given podcast. Next week, we're going to Munich. Join us again soon for another preview of a scallywag buccaneer foe when we come back with another no quarter given podcast. And make sure for the best in historical buck coverage, you go to buckpower.com. And as always, keep listening to the BuckPower.com Podcast Network.